0: Hello, I'm Victoria Hamilton Barrett, and you're listening to Spotlight Podcast, brought to you by londontheatre.co.uk.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight Podcast with londontheatre.co.uk. I'm your host, Will Wongman, and today's guest is the brilliant Victoria Hamilton Barrett. She's currently appearing in the Young Vic production of Death of a Salesman, which is transferred to the West End's Piccadilly Theatre. Victoria's had a very accomplished musical career appearing in shows such as In the Heights, A Chorus Line, Murder Ballad, Flashdance, but I was pretty surprised to learn that Death of a Salesman is actually her first performance in a West End play. We chatted about that and seeing the show at The Young Vic before she was cast in it, uh, we talked about the play, her training as a zookeeper before she became an actor and workshopping Andrew Lloyd Webber's brand new Cinderella musical in which she played the evil stepmother. But that's enough from me, let's chat to Victoria.
0: Uh, so what are we today, we're Tuesday. We've been here for a week and a half, have we? Two weeks now, including okay. the teching process and then opening. I think it's two and a half weeks, I think, yeah. Okay.
1: Do you like making the dressing room your own, adding like personal touches?
0: Do you know, I think once upon a time when I started off in this career, should I say uh, 20 years ago I would decorate the room you know and fill it with photos and things you know that I felt that would make me feel comfortable but now as you can see it's pretty basic and I've just got look there's a toothbrush (laughs) hair removing cream a hairbrush but I do have um a little scribbled out postcard from my my kids so I guess like little poignant things like that but I haven't even got a photo I was thinking I need to get some photos in here but I mean it's it's a small room so yeah. I don't want to kind of clutter it because then that means I'm cluttering my mind as well. Uh-huh. I do kind of, I'm I'm definitely better when things are the surfaces are clear, yeah. you know.
1: And hopefully the uh, construction work outside yeah. will stop soon. Yeah. Maybe not today. But I, think so, <laughs> no. I
0: don't think so until like the next 5 years. What they're doing <laughs> there is quite extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I got the best view from my room.
1: Um, so you touched a little bit on the early parts of your career. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But was your first, for one of your very first jobs a production of Oh What a Night on tour? Yes,
0: I'm so happy you brought this up. (laughs) I loved that show. Yeah, Yeah, so hang on, I was 18 years old and it was 2001 and that was my first ever gig and I felt physically sick. I've never been so nervous in my entire life where... um, People thought actually I had a, had a problem in the first week because I couldn't speak to anyone and I couldn't eat anything, but it was just it was just sheer nerves. I was 18, I was a baby. It was my first gig, and I'm playing supporting female lead in in this incredible show, which I remember seeing at the Hammersmith Apollo mm-hmm. on a school trip. You know, so it was just yeah, I absolutely loved loved that show. And Kid Creole from Kid Creole and the Coconuts was in it, wow. you know, so like working alongside him, it was just yeah, it was the best start to um, my career.
1: And not only that, you were touring all over, including A Month in Monte Carlo. Yeah, A
0: Month in Monte Carlo. That must yeah. have been pretty great as a no, fantastic, isn't young start who's, who's not going to like Monte Carlo? And I've been back twice since, you know, with other shows. Uh-huh. So there's the Sporting Club in Monte Carlo, which is like a really extravagant um, venue. Not practical when it comes to dancing on a on a floor because it's... um a glass floor with lights disco lights it's like a throwback from the 80s it's fantastic but what happens of an evening when the show begins they'll open the roof so you can look up at the stars wow. <clears throat> but then you've got this like glass you know well lit disco floor and then the humidity would just make it an absolute ice skating rink so it was actually very kind of um <clears throat> interesting come showtime because yeah. everyone was sliding everywhere but what an amazing experience but people would just sit there eating their food, watching a show. And it wasn't the kind of typical audience. Mm-hmm. It was just like, um, yeah, it, it was very bizarre because they're having like three-course meal and we're, we're putting on a full-on musical. But yeah, oh, Monaco and oh, what a night. Yeah, I've got a lot of thanks to uh, Anne Vosser and Gary Lloyd and Kim Gavin. Uh, for starting me off Do in my little career,
1: that was a good setup for your career oh, so completely. A good experience.
0: Yeah, it threw me in the deep end of what the industry was really like because you don't learn this sort of stuff in college. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the only the only way you get a feeling of the industry is working in the industry. And uh, yeah, Oh What a Night really set me up. You know, what were some of that?
1: those first things then that you thought, oh, no one told me about this when I was
0: studying paying tax, <laughs> flipping out, oh my gosh, why didn't we have any, like, you know, tax lessons at school, if I, if I remember, I think we had one, and I remember the occasion, because it must have been just one, because I actually remember the occasion, Um, that sort of thing, and also just grafting, you know, like, doing eight shows a week, it's really, it's intense, it's full on, especially in, um, I mean, back in the day, when I used to be... Kicking my legs all over the place, you know. <laughs> I don't dance so much now, of course, but um, back in those days, it was it was full on. So you had to look after yourself, and and all these, um, yeah, just that kind of uh, getting, having that way of thinking of taking it seriously, taking mm-hmm. it very seriously, and and uh, doing the right thing that's going to help you uh, within your week doing eight shows so a week. So since those
1: know? kind of early days, your mm. career has been focused on musicals. Yeah, you always had that great love of musicals growing up.
0: No, um, and 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 I'm one of these people. I actually don't know any musicals unless I've been in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not someone who uh, goes looking, you know, uh, through the internet, uh, searching the internet to find out the latest musicals that are being released off Broadway or wherever, with new writing and uh, and also musicals that have been, you know, uh, like classics. I I'm not particularly. Um, for myself, so interested, but I absolutely love being in musicals because they're the most fun. Mm-hmm. They really are. They're so much fun, and it's served me so well over the last 20 years, and I'm really grateful for it. But I was actually I was asked this question: uh, how many musicals I have on my um, I don't know iPod or mm-hmm. something? And I was like, I don't actually have one. And then I and then I did see actually on an old iPod that I had, I had Bat Boy because I really liked Bat Boy because I found it. <laughs> quite unusual and just different and a little bit more obscure especially around the time when it came about Mm -hmm. and that interested me a lot and I think I actually know the words word from word or I did back 20 years ago anyway but um yeah no musicals I I absolutely love performing in them but um as a hobby not so much for me and they never have been and I think people are always a bit horrified when they find that out
1: I love that though because it means that you're approaching every job you do with fresh eyes you know you're not yep. wanting to perform it like the person you've watched on YouTube do it yeah 10 years ago everything's yeah you know it's how you how it feels to you how, how it's it right. feels
0: to you and I think and, and I also think that's a wise thing you know like you're saying how YouTube research and stuff when you're about to maybe come in for or re- replace someone in a role and whatnot I don't I do like to stay away from that I like mm. to know the story I like to know who the characters are I like to know the character breakdown of who these people are that I would be playing but I don't I do think it is really important yes for finding it for yourself you know and not being a clone or replica of someone once before you
1: but then looking at your CV is this one of the first West End plays that you've done yeah that's quite extraordinary yeah I mean
0: this is a big deal big deal for me you know there was one point in my early part of my career where I was doing jukebox musical after jukebox musical where every jukebox musical that was coming to London I was always being called in because it's almost like I had this label across my forehead saying, you know, Vicks can do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, and I had so much fun doing shows like Saturday Night Fever, Fame, Flashdance, all these wonderful shows that, you know, served me really well in life, and I'm so grateful to this day. But I was doing so much of it. Mm. It was so much of it. Uh, and although it was great, I, I knew that I didn't want to be continuing to do this sort of thing for the rest of my life, you know. I knew that there was more strings to my bow. I knew that... Um, I, I, I could do more, you know, but it's just given, being given opportunity to. Mm-hmm. I, Paul Kerrison cast me in Gypsy f- at Curve Theatre. And uh, I think for me, that was the real kind of transitional process Okay. where I was like, wow, okay, I'm actually stepping out of this now. People are, you know, they're, gonna, they're giving me an opportunity and a chance to express myself and see me in a different light. So mm. once I got that show, uh, I think uh, mentally it really set me up with my my plans and motives you know and uh, and I'd say definitely over the last couple of years I haven't been doing really big productions I've been doing small intimate theaters but focusing on new writing new works and also th- uh, pieces and material that is definitely not the conventional that's not the ordinary mm-hmm. and I, um, uh, I, I I've been so lucky that I have had that opportunity to be cast in those roles. Um, in those shows and having a chance to break out of the of the mainstream, really. So yeah, so coming in to do this play, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was um, incredibly overwhelmed. <laughs> I was incredibly overwhelmed because it, um, I yeah, I've been waiting for such an opportunity for so long, and uh, yeah, Marion Elliott and uh, Miranda Cromwell casting me in this. Just they they seriously they made my they made my ear.
1: Did you see the production of the Young Vic? I did. Before?
0: I did, and and I absolutely, I was so in awe that when I um, found out I had the audition, mm-hmm. uh, I went to the audition, I and then I found out I got the gig. I was. I was incredibly happy, but I was so nervous to start rehearsals, and I think had I not seen it at the Young Vic, I probably I probably would have been a little bit more cool about the whole thing, but no, I mean, I just had um, a bad stomach for the first week of rehearsals because I was so overwhelmed and so, so happy and proud to be there, but just in awe yeah. of, of Wendell Pierce, of Sharon D. Clark and, you know, just the the whole company that was at the Young Vic, I, I was just in absolute awe, and couldn't believe my luck. Even now, I keep on having that kind of, um, was it intruder, what do they call it? Um, Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. I, I, and I have it, and I'm like sometimes just putting on my eyebrows, looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm like how did I get here, working amongst these people, mm. you know? And also because I do, in the in the bits that I do, uh, on, on, on stage, you know, in the show as the woman. I'm working very close alongside Wendell. And yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's a very extraordinary thing for my little, um, for my mind, <laughs> for my little brain. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I feel, so, I feel so much gratitude to be here. Um, and uh, I, I definitely hope that this is a new direction for me mm-hmm. because I'd only ever done another play before and it was a short play at the, di- uh, the new Diorama mm-hmm. Theatre. So yeah, um, I, I definitely feel I'm where I want to be and where I need to be at this moment.
1: I was going to ask you: Can it be quite tricky to embed into a cast for production that's already been on? You might have this close-knit group of people, yeah, that you know have the production set in their way, and then you've seen it and yeah. putting yourself in at that. That must be quite tough.
0: Yeah, no, it is, and and because it was so impressive as well, you kind of think, oh gosh, what can what can I bring to this? You know, that's going to be a that's new that's different or even as good you know even in just the little bit that i have to do you know but um yeah no i mean, it's just uh, oh it was did you did you didn't see it at the young vic no i mean it was just it was in, uh, incredibly outstanding and um yeah i i am yeah i just i am so i'm so thrilled i think i'm probably the most one of the most thrilled ty- uh, you know thrilled i am that i've ever felt in this entire uh, last 20 years.
1: <laughs> and you're working with Marianne.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's
1: that been like in your like,
0: um, rehearsal room? She is, um, she's just amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, it took my head... It took a little while for me to get my head around that, you know. And the same with Miranda as well, and just the way they work and their process on how they do things and just to be part of that and being in the room mm-hmm. where it happens, so to speak, you know, is... Um, yeah, it's it's really fortunate, you know, uh, to be in a process, but to be in a different a different process to what I'm used to, you know, because I guess when you're doing a musical, there's so many other different elements, which maybe take priority over other elements that 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 are in a when you're when you're um, working on a play. It's just it's just amazing to make the comparison mm-hmm. of. Um, of of the two different processes, you know. So it's really uh, it's really eye opening, and I'm learning an awful lot. Yeah. I'm learning so much, and they're amazing, amazing women to be um, working alongside.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that maybe musicals, you know, you don't have an interest in them outside of your work. Maybe. Mm. Is it the same with plays, or.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like nowadays, because I have two children, (laughs) I have a three and a half year old and one and a half year old, so like getting to the theatre is like a pretty impossible task. Uh You know, so the fact that I went to see Death of a Salesman at the Young Vic was just a bit of a miracle in itself really and and I took myself, you know, I was rehearsing for The View upstairs that went to the Soho Theatre and um, and I knew it was the last week and because we were rehearsing in on Union Street so close to the, the theatre I thought, you know, I just need to see the show I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and see it mm-hmm. and so I did but that was like I, I, I very rarely get the chance and the opportunity to go to the theatre and it really is such a treat when I do go um, so yeah, I mean yes, I love seeing plays and yes, I love seeing musicals in equal measure as well because... Um, Whenever I see a musical, it's probably because I've got a friend, you know, yeah. in, in the musical and I've, I've had, um, you know, if I have the opportunity to go and be able to support them, mm-hmm. you know, but more recently, um, my life, I'm doing a bit of a juggle yeah. <laughs> with my life. So unfortunately, I have um, I have missed quite a few productions. A lot of my pals have been, but, you know, I guess that's just how it is, isn't it? You know?
1: Even so, mm. you mentioned your three and a half year old. My three and a half year old, I, um, yeah. Assuming that is the child you were pregnant with yeah. while you were in In the Heights. That's right, yeah. That's pretty extraordinary.
0: Yeah. What,
1: what were some of the challenges of doing such a major production like that while you oh, were carrying okay. a child?
0: Well, I previously did In the Heights at the Southwark Playhouse, oh. and that show is the sole piece of uh, to my life. Um, I always will have so much um, love for that show, and thanks to um, Paul Taylor Mills and Tristan Baker. Um I absolutely had the best time on that show, and playing the role of Daniela, I think, has been an absolute highlight of my life, in, in, of my career, should I say. Uh, so when I returned to play uh, Daniela uh, for uh, at the King's Cross, um, I actually felt I, I enjoyed the role even more. I th- I think it gave it more weight to the part that mm. she was pregnant and quite heavily pregnant, as you could see. I mean, I really did grow in the production <laughs> in the time that I was there. Um, uh, but I, th- I felt like it actually, for me, it made Daniela's story more heartbreaking at the end when she had to leave her, her salon and pack up and move out mm-hmm. to the burbs, you know, because um, it just made it more it made, it, made, it made it more you know um tragic and more obvious you know as a visual uh, I guess um, heartbreaking yeah. but that show, oh my gosh i I would um, even to this day I would drop anything to jump back into that show. I absolutely had a ball both times at the Southern Playhouse in the King's Cross Theatre, and we' do it again in a heartbeat
1: I'm actually interviewing uh, David tomorrow are you for yeah. and Juliet. Are you yes.
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh! I really hope I get to see David. And I've got a few friends actually, and that I'd like to, I'd love to go and see it. I saw
1: um, a workshop production of it about oh did you? nine months
0: ago. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. Is it really? It's so cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. the music is incredible music, isn't yeah. it? And um, and the cast, just looking at the cast, is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, I saw there they did a EPK, mm-hmm. and I just had a little opportunity to see that on um on the internet, but no, um, David in that show was just fantastic, and it was really great to do both um, shows, different versions of it with him, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he got a, an Olivier for that as well, yeah. he did. Yeah, no, the whole thing was just wonderful. And uh, hats off to Sam McKay as well, because mm. he, uh, he is in the heights. <laughs> um, we got to remember that.
1: <laughs> Speaking briefly of motherhood. Yeah. There's a question I wanted to ask you. I'm not sure how much you're going to be able to tell me. Okay. You did a workshop of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella as I the did. stepmother.
0: Yeah.
1: How was that? Is there anything you're allowed to tell me about that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, it was it was amazing and yeah. I love what Andrew has done. I think this is just an amazing show uh to kinda of, to to bring back for him, for himself. The music is absolutely fantastic and I really say that with my hand on my heart mm. that the music was just is outstanding and um, and very Andrew which is thank God because that's what we want to hear you know you want to hear what, what he's he's famous for and um, it's brilliant and it will be a fantastic show with um, with the direction that it goes in and I absolutely got so much out of um, creating uh, the, the stepmother it was just a lot of a lot of fun and the cast that they pulled together for that was just absolutely brilliant it really really was and it was an incredible audience because we had um so many shows i think we had four shows and um you know joan collins is sitting there and then we've got like you know i mean it was just like it was just it was just a very kind of out of um out of body experience but they didn't tell us so we're like finding looking out and we're seeing michael Caine sitting there just looking up smiling thrilled with his life you know it was just, it was a very bizarre, um, very bizarre uh, time and very intense because I think, was it a week? Or two weeks, I can't remember. It was a really short workshop, but it was so intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just felt like we were really part of it, you know, uh, with, yeah, in the developing process. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting times, I think, with Cinderella. Um, the plans that they have for that show
1: i can imagine that must have been a mega role to play <laughs> it was a mega
0: role to play and i loved yeah. her i loved it and um and the music was just fantastic but the writing as well yeah. the writing was absolutely brilliant so yeah a lot of excitement uh i think around cinderella from uh, when whenever that will peer its head you know
1: hopefully someday what what did Michael Caine think? Did you glean anything oh from gosh, him? No, no, I didn't. I
0: think I did a runner like I always do after a show. I just um, <laughs> just leave the theatre really quickly and just get on a train and go home. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the company did speak to Michael Caine and I think he really, he, he really enjoyed it. Yeah. Joan Collins loved it. She really <laughs> loved it. And of course, like the, the, kind of, the inspiration I got to play the stepmother was very much... You know, moulded around her. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, she she certainly appreciated it and saw it <laughs> in <laughs> me. So um, she kept on saying, "Oh, that's me, darling. That's me." <laughs> Look at her, like, okay, see that?" And I can see her nodding. So you see that there? That, that's me, darling. That's me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was great. It's uh, yeah, a lot of fun. There's a lot of exciting new um, shows that are going to be coming around in the next couple of years. You know, yeah. so um, yeah. Hats off and to new writing and new, new, new productions, you know. New British musicals. New British musicals. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, absolutely. Because yes. it seems
1: like a lot of musicals are being imported from Broadway. They are, I yeah. I think Hansen opens tonight.
0: Yes, it does. Uh, yeah. Which is super exciting and yeah. it will run
1: for years and years and years. But it's just a shame that there hasn't really been a big mm. British musical hit like that for a little while
0: yeah I don't know I just think the support over here is very much different than over the states I think in states they really kind of rejoice in supporting new musicals new writing yeah. new theatre over here I do think we really love to see um, you know I don't, without mentioning names but you know those big kind of big old up and running factory shows that keep on reappearing I mm-hmm. think we, we we love to see A certain show, and uh, you know, for the tenth time, it's just—it's a a very different audience. I feel over here. Yeah. Um, So hopefully, hopefully the punters' thinking will kind of move with the times. I think in America they're definitely a little bit more Mm forward-thinking when it comes to appreciating new creative writing than over here.
1: But then yeah. what we do nail is plays like Death of a Salesman.
0: Absolutely. And the
1: uh, countless Ibsens and Chekhovs that we have at the moment.
0: Absolutely. And that is for sure, definitely. Yeah. And I think with Death of a Salesman, I don't, I don't think this show can be done at least for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Not after When you see it, I, you know, I think you'll... I hope that you agree. Yeah. You know, I think how, uh, how it's been put together and, and uh, the ideas around it and, oh, uh, without giving too much away because I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but um, it's definitely being seen with new eyes and a new light uh, in a very powerful, I think much more powerful way than any other time that's probably ever been done before Hello, me
1: again I'm about to put Victoria under pressure with our quickfire questions, as we always do but I did feel a little bit bad this week as she seemed slightly nervous and she was such a warm and calming interviewee but that's what we do to all our guests on this podcast put them under pressure and get some answers that you wouldn't get anywhere else First, I wanted to make sure I reminded you that you can catch Victoria in Death of a Salesman right now at the Piccadilly Theatre, and tickets are available at londontheatre.co.uk. But now on with the show and straight into those quickfire questions. What's your favourite ever production?
0: Oh my gosh, I was going to say something ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, famous, famous production ever that I've seen. Yep. In the Heights. I was in it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> that counts. I've never seen it. I've...
1: You've seen it from a unique point of view. What's your interval drink?
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, gin and tonic. Uh,
1: the last TV show you binged?
0: Oh, I don't get to watch TV. Uh, living. Um, what's that? Uh, uh, the Breaking Bad. It wasn't at all. It wasn't at all. all.
1: <laughs> Role you've always wanted to play?
0: Oh, but I've already said it. I did yeah. say Sally Bowles in yeah. Cabaret, yeah. Uh,
1: what would you be if you weren't an actor? What would I what? be if you weren't an actor?
0: Oh, I work in London Zoo. I worked in London Zoo for four years, so I'll probably still be there.
1: Your most memorable performance?
0: Oh, my most memorable performance? Yeah. Flipping out! I don't know. Uh, oh gosh, maybe Daniela in in the Heights. Oh no, maybe maybe Murder Ballad. Sorry, Murder Ballad, because uh, I got Olivier nominated.
1: Your stage idol?
0: Oh gosh. Oh, I don't really. I don't really know. Wendell Pierce.
1: <laughs> the most used app on your phone
0: oh oh um mush it's like a mum app it's basically like tinder for mums where you chat up other mums and they poke <laughs> you swipe left and right yeah
1: what's your pre-show meal
0: oh god noodles
1: and your biggest passion besides performing
0: oh my family yeah children all the, all the kids my husband
1: perfect i stopped that at one minute 30 which isn't oh, bad gosh it's not bad
0: that wasn't too bad i should have said death of a salesman it's the best production i would ever seen because I think it is. That would have been a good advert. For <laughs> Instead, all I said, yeah. Instead I said, in the Heights," And I've never seen it.
1: You've seen it from a unique point of view. Well, I've seen
0: it from in the wings. Yeah, that
1: counts. <laughs> um, you, uh, you worked at London Zoo for four years. I did. What did you do?
0: Just shoveled poo. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly. Um, I worked in the children's zoo. Mm-hmm. So in the children's zoo you have the pigs, you have uh, donkeys, you have goats, you have um you have like a like the little petting area the petting zoo area and uh yeah the pigs they were awesome and then some things like snakes tarantulas like you know are indoors you know there's like a little uh, room you can go in and budgies and stuff like that so yeah i worked in the children's zoo right. i worked there for 4 years i started off um with like a whole load of kids and i was the only one to stay <laughs> cuz in the winter time it gets really cold mm-hmm. and you have to you know you're working out side, you know, come rain or shine and you've got, f- you literally have frostbite on your fingers and your toes and you are, you know, you can no longer feel those body parts anymore. But um yeah, and I worked there for, it ended up being four years wow. and they wanted me to stay on, but I couldn't because I was training and uh, I couldn't give up my, my weekends anymore because mm. I was doing extra, you know, activity in those areas. And uh, yeah, so I I gave it up, and I do think I would be still, because they wanted me to be a zookeeper, because I I said I want want to train to be a zookeeper. Wow. Yeah. Was
1: that quite a big call then? To decide, do you take. Because I'm sure acting would have been the riskier option, and zookeeping would have been. It would have
0: been more stable, wouldn't it? (laughs) Do you know, it was just a passion. I just loved animals. Growing up as a kid, you know, I was a bit. Definitely, I mean. I'm a bit of a loudmouth now, I suppose, but, like, as a kid, I was more of an introvert and very painfully shy. It was all—it aw- was really awful to watch, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I was a very shy person. So, I, um, yeah, I, I guess I in- got enjoyment more out of the likes of being around animals. Our own home was a zoo. You know, we always had two cats, two dogs, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a couple of hamsters around the place. You know, it, it was a zoo in itself. So, yeah, being around animals always, and nature, wildlife, just made me feel really... At peace and just, comf- yeah, comfortable. You know.
1: Have you ever worked with any animals on stage? I have. have. In Gypsy, yeah.
0: yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was honestly. I mean, they say never work with never work with animals or children, yeah. and it was both. Gypsy with both. Um, it was. It was. Of course, I just loved it. You know, but there was one dog. Oh, because we had to have. Um, <clears throat> what's the, what's the little dog's name? Mama Roses. Is it Ch- uh, Ch- Chawa? What's the name? Charmaine. Is Charmaine or Chi-Chi. Chow wow, Chow wow. Oh, I can't remember.
1: You might have said charming. It like, might have yeah, like my noodles, as I said
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it's like it a name like Chow Chow-chow Chow or Chow Main. <laughs> and um, and this dog was literally it was so old. I think it was sixteen years old, wow. and it was like a little York, Yorkshire terrier, a tiny little um, miniature one. Uh-huh. And it was on its last legs. And everyone's looking at this dog, you know, and, and you know, uh, Mama Rose is walking around Caroline O'Connor with this dog, and I'm like everyone's just worrying about this dog, like, uh, and I think after the show had come to an end, I think it it passed away something like a month later, or something like that. But who was happy as Larry to sit there and, you know, I think he, you know, he's a toy dog, pocket dog, you know, where he just loves being picked up, you know? Um, I mean, I have a Chihuahua, so she just loves being held, she loves being picked up, so I kind of, I know that that's, um, it's not cruel, because Mm -hmm. they actually just enjoy being, you know, held but yeah uh that was hilarious and we had these some giant dogs as well because there was that uh the bedroom scene where all the kids are running around everywhere and the dogs are running around i remember we were going to get a sheep but then um I, something to do with health and safety they couldn't bring the sheep on on, on stage so that was uh, that idea went out the window in the end I, and i had a toy
1: sheep instead i went backstage once that the Royal Opera House, yeah, where they were doing an opera and there was like a flock of sheep on stage. And like, <laughs> like they had like the stage lift where they lifted everything up and they closed it off, and that was where they kept the sheep. That's amazing, Oh, it was, it was amazing. Weird, there's yeah. a lot of
0: poo when yeah. it comes to something like that. Whereas dogs are trained generally, you know, so that they, you know, their potty trained but yeah, oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. And apparently,
1: sheep. <laughs> sheep get scared. There was a scene, the one scene they were on for they kind of projected loads of birds over the sage, and apparently sheep are terrified of birds. So these sheep immediately just like emptied their bowels and stuff. Yeah, of course, yeah. that's it. And that's Which, why you shouldn't work with sheep.
0: Yeah, I forget animals, <laughs> just in particular sheep. That's yeah. it, and you saw that in Life Theatre. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and then you mentioned Wendell as your sage yeah. idol. Is that, was that an answer out of
0: pressure? No, it wasn't. I, I'm just totally taken by this gentleman. Yeah. Um, he's so incredibly smart. He is just... He's just on uh, off the scale, really. Uh, that's why I was so nervous to work with him. I really was, but he was just so um, so kind and generous, and he just put me at ease, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, and just really, oh, just gracious and just just such a cool dude, such a cool guy. But yeah, totally idolizing him, you mm. know. Um, even now, like when uh, we've only been up and running for, you know doing the previews for the last couple of days but i've got the best seats in the house because i sit in the wings and i just get to i get to watch him and sharon d clark you know mm. just be incredible the two of them together but yeah no i mean how he carries the show is just uh, something to be admired mm. and um just within myself just to kind of uh, like just to just to look up to you know because he 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 really is something he really is incredible he's sensational he's not good he's beyond good you know he's just absolutely bleeding marvelous and uh, i'm learning so much working with him alongside him but just watching him Mm -hmm. and just seeing the way his brain you know just works through it all and thinks and just oh his choices that he makes and He's just smart. Just a smart man. Just incredibly <laughs> smart. And just, yeah, I'm just so taken by him.
1: <laughs> How have your first few previews of the Piccadilly been going?
0: Really good. Yeah. yeah. You know, really well. And uh, been full houses as well. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's... Um, I, we were, I think we were actually quite surprised because for the previews, you, the, the, that's not necessarily the case that you're going to have a full house every night. Um, it's people getting their act together, you know, to go go to the theatre and jump to the opportunity to see the previews. But yeah, we've just been packed out uh, with wonderful audiences, really amazing crowds. So no, it's it's gone absolutely brilliant so far, you know. Um, so uh, before you know it, it will be over in a flash. So I'm just trying to uh, enjoy it whilst it, you know, it's running till January the fourth, you know.
1: So, come and see it. That's yeah, the come and see
0: it. Oh my gosh, please come and see it.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for chatting to me. Yeah, thank you. To see you
0: soon. Thank you for having me.
1: And that's that. Thanks again to Victoria for joining me on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed chatting. Don't forget, Death of a Salesman is at the Piccadilly Theatre, and tickets are available at londontheatre.co.uk. That's all for this week, but we'll be back next week with another West End guest on Wednesday. For now, bye-bye.